week, but then we're going to pick back up. And, and for lack of a better word, I just kind of call this Christmas in reverse. Like, we're going to do things a little weird. Maybe you've heard the Christmas story before. Maybe we have that type of mindset like the kids do. They're like, yeah, wise men, stars, sheep, angels. Cool. Air Jordan's milk, diapers, wipes. And, and you just need to think about, like, we're, we're going to actually do things a little bit differently. We're actually going to start way after Jesus is born. And by Christmas Eve, we're going to end up way hundreds of years before he was born. And it might not make a lot of sense yet, but I'm hoping it's going to sink in. So we're going to kind of start that over the, the next few weeks. We're going to start today, and we're going to do Christmas in reverse. We're going to view things a little bit differently this year. Um, and uh, scripture is, today is going to be from Matthew chapter 2, and it's not going to be up on screen uh, so if you want to turn uh, your Bibles, turn to your Bibles or turn them on the smartphone. And if you need a Bible, they're over on the left underneath the, the prayer board. And, um, and you can uh, get a chance to turn there. And I, I want to kind of mention a, f- a few things while you're, you're turning there. A little fun fact, I guess. You know, Matthew and Luke mention the birth of Jesus. That's kind of where we get our, our information from, you know. Um, but uh, Mark and John don't even recount it. John kind of does. He's got this awesome metaphorical, literal version that I actually love. It's actually my favorite. Um, we, ca- we talked about that last year. So we're going to look at some different passages this year. So Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And I know it might seem a little early to be talking about this, but again, we're doing Christmas in reverse. So here we go. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out that from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go worship him. After that, they had heard the king. They, They went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So during this time, Jesus is probably... Some people say four to five years old. Some people say he may have even been up to seven or eight years old. Right? We know from Luke that Jesus is 12 years old by the time he goes to the temple. Uh, realistically, from, from my perspective, I think Jesus was probably about a year to a year and a half old at this point. The reason why is, if you look at, a little bit farther ahead, uh, and you look in the same, still same chapter 2, but go over to, bounce over to verse 16 uh, here. It says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, because remember they, they saw a dream and, and they said, we're not going back that route. He was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. So you've got to ask yourself, why would he do that if Jesus could be seven or eight? Well, it wouldn't make a difference, right? So he's trying to eliminate this possible 
Messiah that has been prophesied, this king who's kind of threatening him, really. And so, you know, Jesus and Joseph and Mary, they were warned in a dream. They're not around there for that. They've booked it to Egypt. So they're not there. Jesus is, is saved. So Jesus is probably about a year and a year and a half old to this point. So we often see the Magi came, even that, that children's Christmas version. They're worshiping him, and they show up just like that old Ben-Hur movie, and he's like fresh out of the womb. And then, ta-da, Magi! It's probably, come on, guys, it probably wasn't like that. He was probably about a year to a year and a half old. And that's why it says that Herod wanted to make sure that, you know, hey, two years old owner, let's go a couple months ahead of time just to be really clear that, you know, let's get rid of this guy. Two years old and younger, and then have this unfortunate little Bethlehem genocide of all these boys there. So just think about that when we're talking about what we're going to be talking about today. Also, fun fact, so you know, Bethlehem is only six miles from Jerusalem. So it probably didn't take him too long to figure out that the wise men hadn't come back to him. He's, you know, all right, go worship him. Come back and tell me where he's at. And he's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's waiting. I just see Herod getting mad in his, in his, you know, in his courts one day. He's like, son of a what? Come on. They've left, you know, and then they're gone, you know. And, and, he, and he realizes, I've got to do something about that. So that's when he takes care of this Bethlehem boy problem. So, again, we know this story, or at least we think we do, just like the little kids. You know, there's this wonderfully historical Christmas carol called The Three Wise Men, right? We've never heard of that before, and it's so accurate, man. It's like they were there walking with him. This is satire. Maybe you'll, it's a joke. It, it sounded better in my head, but... Yeah, so, I mean, we, we sing that song, and we think we know how this story goes, or we think we've really, you know, really in-depth with the story. Yeah, I've got this Christmas thing down. It comes around once a year. We hear about the same thing once a year. Blah, 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 Jesus. Blah, 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 angels. Blah, 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 shepherds. Yes. This is the one time a year I can come in and I, kind of ch- I can actually check out a little bit because I've heard this before. So I can come in and get like a free nap and you know, hot chocolate and it's, it's great. I hope, I hope we don't go down that road this year because of the different things we're going to be looking at. There's actually something, we're going to bounce back to one more scripture and it's Isaiah chapter 60. And so really quickly, not like the video, it wasn't Frankenstein, it was Frankincense. Like that one little girl said, Frankenstein. <laughs> but it was gold, frankincense, and myrrh were the three things that we know that were brought, right? All right, so turn back to Isaiah, Old Testament there, Isaiah chapter 60. We're going to read from verses 1 through 6 here. Isaiah chapter 60, 1 through 6. I'm actually going to be coming back to this later. But it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Now this prophecy sounds a little bit different when we look at it in the perspective of Christmas, right? Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches and the nations will come. Herds of camels, <laughs> camels, no, this donkey's fast. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of, of Midian, Ephah, obviously those are locations, and all from Sheba, that's down in modern-day Ethiopia, will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the name of the Lord. Pretty cool little prophecy, right? Down to some specific items that are going to be brought by these wise men, these magi. So we're going to look at us. We're going to put us in the place of wise men this morning. 
And we're going to do Christmas in reverse. And we're going to look at a few things. So here's the first point we're going to look at today. Every gift brought for Jesus had been prepared. We talked about it. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Every gift brought for Jesus had been prepared. You know, we're, we're actually getting ready, all of us together, to go on a journey the next few weeks through this Christmas season. Whether we want to or not, whether we realize it or not, whether we're invested or not, we're all getting ready to go to this, through this journey of this holiday season, this Christmas season together. And many of us have already left or are about to leave the, for the trip completely unprepared to actually meet Jesus. So put us in the place of these wise men. We're getting ready to go on the journey for this Christmas season and bring in what? To meet who? It's a, it's a Christmas tree and presents, right? We're actually not prepared to go on a journey and actually meet Jesus. Imagine what it would have been like if these magi had shown up to meet Jesus. They're like, hey, <clears throat> all right, we're here. We found Jesus. All right, get the gold. What gold? What? I don't, I don't know. Okay, we'll get the gold. We packed it, right? No. Are you serious? You didn't pack the gold? No, I didn't pack the gold. What about the frankincense? Nope, fresh out. Are you kidding me? Did we not talk about this before we went 2,000 miles to get here to see Jesus? Nope, forgot the gold. And that's some of us getting ready to go into this Christmas season. Our culture has made it easy to become, Jay talked about this, to become more about receiving than actually giving. And the one person we tend to leave out year after year Christmas after Christmas is the person that the holiday is named after. It's Christ. We see we give gifts and we receive gifts and we visit family and we eat huge meals and we watch football and Jesus becomes an afterthought. An excuse for us to have off of work or have off of school. And the one person it's all about gets nothing. So here's a question. What gifts are you preparing to bring to Jesus this Christmas? What gifts are you preparing to bring to Jesus this Christmas? Now, to be honest, we probably need to leave here this morning, every single one of us, and be shaken a little bit about this question. What gifts are you preparing to bring to Jesus this Christmas? Is it more of your time? More of your energy? Is it more love that you just need to be showing? More, more sympathy or empathy to those who are hurting and lost? The list keeps going on. What gifts are you actually preparing to bring to Jesus this Christmas? Not receiving, but giving. Because we're about to go on a journey. Next thing we're going to learn from this passage today. Every gift brought for Jesus had gone the distance. I'm going to explain what I mean in a second. Every gift brought for Jesus had gone the distance. I'm going to need a volunteer. Some young, I think I know it all, teenage boy. Here we go. Let's, let's find one. James. James. I'm going to pick on you. All right. Did I tell you guys I lost 20 pounds last week? Did I tell you that? Yeah. No, it's okay. I found it. It was in the closet. And... Um, I don't get to use that often. So we got a 20-pound weight here. And James, what I need you to do, all right. All right, you need to hold this weight just out like that. All right? God. You can use both hands, just, uh, but you've got to keep it level. You've got to keep it level, okay? Ooh. Yeah, 20 pounds. Okay. So, all right. He's looking good, right? Looking good. Okay. <laughs> Breathe deep. You just hang out. Is it fair? 
Now, I realize that most of what I'm about to say, we're going to be paying attention to James. Oh, come on, dude. Come on. Come on. Get someone else up. What are you talking about? (laughs) Hey, he said it. Do you see these noodle arms? Come on, man. You can do this. You can use both hands. It's 20 pounds. You carry drums all the time. Oh, that's right. Those rest on your noodle shoulders. Can, Can you not do it? If I'm a know-it-all kid, I know I can't do this for more than a minute. For more than a minute? No, for more than like 10 seconds. 10 seconds. All right. right, You think you make 10 seconds? What about 15? I'll challenge you. 15. 10. 10? Go big or go home. What about a second for each weight? 20 20 seconds. Why does it keep going (laughs) All right, give it a shot. Go. See how long you can hold it there. Three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine. You're not ticklish, right? <laughs> Let's give James a hand. <clears throat> Thankfully, the best thing we got out of this was James's new nickname. So, all right, noodle arms. All right. Every gift brought for Jesus had gone the distance. Now, we usually associate three magi, three wise men, right, because of the three gifts. But most likely, there are more than that. Most likely, they actually came from Ethiopia. You know, they, they traveled across the Red Sea and then up through modern-day Yemen and Saudi Arabia. Or maybe they came from India, modern-day Pakistan, Iran, and Iraq. And we can take an educated guess at those things because of the things which they brought. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which were found and grown the best in these places. And they're actually still grown the best in these places today. Not gold, but the frankincense and, and myrrh come from a plant. And the Magi had to most likely travel hundreds, if not thousands of miles, bringing that stuff along with them. You see, it's easy for us to bring Jesus little things. Maybe a few bucks here and there in an offering, or an hour or two here or there, but let's be honest, we count this as that time, right? It's Sunday morning. I'm talking about outside of that. It might be easy for us to, to say a quick prayer here or there, when life seems rough or we're about to eat. You see, it's easy for us to bring Jesus the things that are easy for us to give. It's easy for us to bring Jesus the things that are easy for us to give. But the Magi remind us that what they brought for Jesus had to go the distance. Every item they packed had to travel hundreds or even thousands of miles just to be given to Jesus. And just like James's noodle arms, the longer you carry something, the harder it is to carry by yourself, right? Ten seconds and up here, James was asking for help. He's begging, pleading, someone else, please, please. <laughs> the longer you carry something, the harder it is to carry by yourself. I want to turn over to Matthew a few pages after this in chapter 11, and maybe this might shine a light in what we're talking about. Jesus says in verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You see, our challenge this Christmas is to actually give to Jesus what isn't easy to give. 
And maybe with that last question we ask, what gifts are you getting ready to bring to Jesus? You're like, I don't know. I've never really thought about this before. Like, is he really here? Like, who do I give it to? Like, does he show up and be like, ta-da, unwrap it? Or does he just sit there under the tree? And what happens with this? What gifts are you getting ready to bring to Jesus for Christmas? See, our challenge again is, is to give Jesus what isn't easy for us to give. Because again, it's easy for us to give the things that are easy for us to give. But are those the gifts that really have gone the distance? Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's, it's your commitment. Maybe it's putting more of Jesus in your relationships, in your marriages, in your families. Maybe it's your wealth. Maybe it's your energy. Maybe it's your pride. Maybe this Christmas, Jesus actually needs to get your heart. Not 90% of it. That last 10% that is hard to give. Next thing we're going to learn from the, the, the Magi this morning. So we've got every gift for Jesus had gone the distance. We've got every gift for Jesus had been prepared. Here's our third thing. Every gift brought for Jesus had a purpose. Had a purpose. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We've already talked about it. You see, they brought gold to symbolize Jesus' kingship and authority. They brought incense and myrrh because they were both used for sacrifices at the time. The incense was for prayers ascending to heaven, and the myrrh was for death and burial. And every gift given that day, the Magi found Jesus was symbolized the day He went to the cross for us. Like, wait a thing, I'm, I'm talking about Jesus getting born. <laughs> you, you can't talk about Jesus getting born without talking about Jesus getting crucified. You can't talk about Jesus getting crucified without talking about Jesus being raised from the dead. See, all these things are connected. A lot of us really like baby Jesus. We have a harder time accepting crucified Jesus for our sins. Or risen Jesus, because when has that ever happened before in history? The entire reason He came was to live and die in that moment. And this gold for kingship and authority hung over His head on a sign that said, King of the Jews. The frankincense that was used for sacrifices was made complete when He became the sacrifice for us. For our sin. The myrrh for burial was most likely applied to His body when it was placed into that tomb. Joseph of Arimathea. But three days later, you know what? Jesus didn't need it. Every gift you bring to Jesus has a purpose. Your time here or in the community can change lives. Your heart given to Him can become a light in a dark world. The frankincense is like your prayers. A Christ-following relationship that, that makes you a pleasant aroma in this stinky, stinky world. The myrrh, the burial, the death of your old self, your past, your habits, your addictions, your pride, the list goes on, raised to new life in Jesus Christ. The gold is the best of you that you bring Him. Not the leftovers. And it makes Him the King of your life. Every gift you bring Jesus has a purpose. See, our culture today will, will tell you that we have all the answers. As people. As Americans. In this modern day and age, yeah, we, we've got this thing figured out. You can seek help from counselors, from self-help books. You can rely on technology that sent man to the moon and put a smartphone in the palm of your hand. 
You can feel false community from social media and get virtually any worldly need met at the click of a button. We pride ourselves on being self-sufficient, on being smart, on, on being educated, on being put together. You know, that everything going great all the time, people. And then we go home and maybe silently wonder why we privately still have that void we publicly claim to have filled. You see, in a world that pushes an I-don't-need-God mentality, the last thing we're going to learn today from doing Christmas in reverse is that wise men still seek Jesus. It didn't stop 2,000 years ago. It's continued. still continues. Wise men today still seek Jesus. And you might not have a camel. You might not live in the East. You might not think you have much gold or frankincense or myrrh or anything like that to offer. But you can still be a wise man or a woman who chooses to still seek Jesus. And yes, when you seek Him, you're going to go through some deserts. It's a long trip. When you seek Him, you're going to go through some rough patches. When you seek Him, you're going to come up against mountains. And you're going to feel alone in some valleys. But don't stop seeking Jesus. See, wise men today still pursue Him. Even though it might seem like we have not the same level of gifts to bring. So this is where we're going to end up this morning. Going back to that Isaiah prophecy passage. Arise, shine, for the light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is all over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. Like that star that the Magi followed thousands of years ago. Jesus is a light of the world that has risen to a point to be seen in our lives. So the question is, are you going to follow Him? Are you going to seek after Him? Are you going to pursue Him? Are you going to bring the gifts that are worthy to Jesus Christ? Are you about to go on this Christmas season trip completely unprepared? And that's why we're starting this Christmas in reverse, because these, these wise men, these magi, set out possibly before He was even born. That's how long it took for them to get there. We don't know. I know how long it would take to walk 1,500 miles. Don't sign me up. <laughs> it took a long time, a lot of preparation. But they were ready for the journey that they were about to go on. And that's where we're going to end up. Is that, that question this morning. What gifts are we about to bring Jesus? Are we even ready for this trip that we're about to go on? Because Christmas is going to be here as a day on a calendar. And it's going to show up on the 24th like it always does. But are we actually ready for it? Are we prepared for it? Are we actually expecting somewhere along this journey to meet Jesus? Wise men still seek Him. I hope you seek Jesus this Christmas. You know, if so, prepare your gifts. It's not just the easy ones to give. But every gift has a purpose to Him. So let's be wise together, right? We're about to go on this journey. And again, there's going to be bumps. There's going to be ups and downs. But don't stop seeking Jesus. A couple weeks, we're going to continue going Christmas in, in reverse. I hope you join us then. I'm going to invite the band up as we're going to close in prayer and then sing a song together as we close. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, it's, uh, it's always interesting to kind of go back and look at your word from a different perspective. And things can, can shine a light in, in the darkness of our hearts even to, to say, I've never thought about that before. I've never looked at things that way. I've never imagined that I'm actually going on a journey to meet you and I'm completely, totally not ready. I might have the gifts for my kids. I might have my travel plans to visit family, but I, am, I haven't even thought about meeting you this Christmas. I'm just going through the motions. I'm, I'm putting up decorations. because That's what we've always done. But Jesus, may our hearts be centered on actually meeting you this Christmas. And not some far-off, imagined, you know, historically inaccurate version of, of what our kids, you know, think might be Jesus. Or the story of Christmas. Or the wise men. But may we actually be prepared for our lives to be changed. For us to meet you in a real way. And this Christmas could be the biggest Christmas we've ever had if we let you have it. Jesus, may you be our focus, not just today, not just going into this Christmas season, but now and forevermore. May we still be wise, wise men who seek Jesus in a day an age that the world might say We've, we know better you know what my God says you're wrong <laughs> there's but one way one truth, one life and it can be found through you may we be in seeking after that this Christmas for your yoke is easy and your burden is light you don't want the things from us that are necessarily easy to give. You say, bring me your hard things. The things that are, are weighing so heavily in your life, you just can't seem to shake it. Bring me your burdens, your, your worries, your concerns. Bring me your past. The parts of the, your life that you're ashamed of. Bring me your addictions. The parts of your life that you think you can't break free of. Bring me your troubles. And I will bring you peace. For some of us, this Christmas is going to be different than it's ever been before. Maybe we've lost loved ones along the way, and we're going to be staring at an empty seat at the table. Maybe we've lost jobs or moved and it's just not going to feel the same. Maybe we are burdened beyond belief this Christmas. You say, come to me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, may the gifts that we're about to bring to you this Christmas season not be the things that are necessarily easy to give, but the hard things to let go of and you will bring us a peace and a joy that the world cannot know we thank you we praise your name and may we today be wise men who still seek your name above all else
close in prayer. I'm going to invite you guys to, to stand where you're at. Or We don't have an altar necessarily here, but there's some room up front if you want to come and just kneel and pray. And maybe you're ready to give gift, those gifts today that you already know that God's just shaking you down to your core and saying, you know. You know what that thing is. You've known what that thing is that you need to bring to me for a long, long, long time. Today is that day to give that thing. Give that thing up. And let Jesus be who he is. The Savior. As a baby, as a man. From death to life. That's why he came this front up here will be open if you want someone to, to meet or pray with we'll just be there that's how God works, he doesn't create chaos he creates cohesion we're going to sing this closing song together